You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Fantastic from the Russian Leg Sweep. I'm here with uh, my co-host. I'm Sam. What's up, Sam? Uh, not much. And Mikey. You know, when we were uh, putting together this podcast, I was really looking for the easiest way to do things. We did some searching, and we found Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or on your computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. Like, that's what I do. I make it sound great. You know? They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and many more. They'll get you everywhere you need to be. Like Korea. Korea. They'll listen to you in Korea. South Korea. Thank you, Anchor. (laughs) You can easily make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means we're making money right now by reading this ad. Like, I could just listen to it and I'd make money? Right. We would make money. What? With no minimum listenership. Please. I mean, if you, I mean, you're listening to us right now anyway, so you're checking So you're Anchor. already on Anchor. So I appreciate that. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Right now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Now on with the show. Due to the graphic nature of this program, viewer discretion is advised. Saturday, you're at twitch.tv slash live from Studio C. That can only mean one thing. We are here, and it's the Russian Leg Sweep. I'm your host, Mr. Magic Mike Fantastic. Have you seen his dick? (laughs) Have you seen my balls? Have you seen my balls? I can talk about my balls. (laughs) With my co-host, my co-host, number one, the uh, founder. Of Cutthroat Productions, horrorcore icon Comatose. Hi, he's a guy, Sam. I am What's up, guy. Sam? Hi, hi, Mike. And he's the co-director of the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, Mr. Mikey Taylor. How are you, What's sir? What's up, guys? How you doing? Hello. This is a special episode. It's the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. <laughs> it's a deep cut for those of you. Do I need to call my mama down here? Joe, the policeman. Somebody call my Mr. Mama. Randy Watson. Randy Watson. <laughs> yeah, that boy good. Did you like that? That was a pretty good imitation. <laughs> that, good. that boy good. He real good. He real good. <laughs> I thought it was the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Randy <laughs> Watson. <laughs> I fucking love this shit. 
It was my pastor when I was just a baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking oh man. Anyway, Sorry. off topic. Let's let's get to know each other, huh? Let's get to know everybody. All right, let's get to know each other. Well, do you guys want to talk about any anything current? Anything going let's on? Let's talk about life, Sam. How was your week, babe? Uh, shitty, yeah. shitty week. I was. Sick on Monday. I was like, I'm probably going to go home, but I didn't. I stuck it out. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just I had cotton on the brain. I'm, I'm, I've turned a corner on Friday. I thought I could go back to work. I went to work for three hours, came back home. Woke up this morning feeling a little bit energized. You can hear a little bit of the boogers in my in my nostrils. But uh, we have turned the corner. I have no more, no more, no more of the fog. and I, I'm, I'm Rona free, so it's just some weird thing that's out there because apparently some people on her team are homesick and my boss was sick and she had the same type of ailments I did and it's kind of wild you know the fir- the first sickness in like three years I haven't been sick since and my body was like what the fuck is sickness I don't get it so I had a very low-key sit on the couch and die work week and uh, today is is recovery day number one I'm feeling good I'm feeling better spirits are lifted I'd say I'm about 84 percent right now Ooh, that's up 14% from yesterday. You know? 24% from yesterday, actually. You said you were about 60. Yeah. So uh, I'm feeling a lot better today. Other than that, my week did not one shit happening. Nothing popping. Mikey Taylor, how was your week? Good. Uh, fairly uneventful up until yesterday. Um, and then I uh, went and saw Henry Rollins do spoken word. Yes. Oh, boy. And that was, yeah, the, the beautiful Rococo Theater in Lincoln, Nebraska. That place looks like a cathedral. It's just chandeliers and a place that I probably didn't belong. You know? <laughs> did, did your Definitely skin burn a dressed. little bit walking in? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I wasn't, I, 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 took, I took into consideration the event I was going to and dressed appropriately. But you have a whole room full of people. That look like they have been, they don't belong there because of the way they're, they should be more dressed up. I felt like I should have a tie on or something because it was very, <laughs> a very nice venue for Henry Rollins to be talking for two and a half hours. Yeah. But uh, really, really cool show. I, I always love his spoken word. Um, he tends to take quite a while to get to the point. He will tell you, this is my point. Now let's go back. 40 years, 50 years, 60 years in my life. <laughs> right. And then we're going to get to the point eventually. And he'll tell many little tales in that. So he talked about his time with Black Flag, how they hired him to be the singer and then promptly uh, upon him showing up, took all of his money and his clothes and distributed you know, them amongst the band. So uh, he, you know, he talked about like growing up in D.C. and all that. But the, the best story that he told... And I'm not going to tell the whole story because it's probably going to come out on CD or, or DVD at some point. Uh, he had a, a uh, stalker. And this individual came from Finland to stalk him in L.A. at his home during the COVID pandemic. Oof. And when you couldn't fly out of Finland to the United States, it was not allowed. So he flew into Mexico, made his way into Texas uh, jump and then hop trains wow. to get to to get to San uh, to San Diego. Made his way from San Diego, I, I guess hitchhiked uh, up to L.A. and then spent about a week uh, outside of Henry's house in the woods and would come down and try to break into his house from time to time. And uh, during that week, Jeez. and so 
when when Henry would call the cops and then open the gate so the cops could get there, the kid would sit down and wait. And the cops would come, they'd talk to him. What do you want to do? Get him out of here, tell him not to come back. He'd come back. What do you want to do? Well, you know, we got to arrest him. Well, I don't really want that. He's, he's gone. You know, he, he has left. Um, and then Henry gets a uh, call from his ADT. When he was, he finally decided to leave the house. Someone was in his house. So he travels back to his house, meets the guy on the road and says, Hey, get in the car. And the guy got in his car. And Henry held him captive until the police could come, <laughs> including including punching him in the face. Wow. <laughs> I bet that guy took so, that as an honor, though. He's like, yes, I got punched by Henry Rollins in the face. Uh, yeah, yeah. At one point, he feared that Henry was going to kill him. Well. <laughs> and so then he was trying to escape. Uh, yeah, it was just a wild story of him apprehending his own stalker slash home invader That's wild. from Finland. Yeah. Speaking of getting punched in the face, did you see Mike Tyson in that fucking... Drunk dude. I heard Mike the video. Tyson I did not see it. Oh man, oh Mike God. Tyson beat the shit out of him. He had had enough. The guy, this guy came up behind him. And he's like, "Hey, Mike Tyson," doing was like trying a, to get mushrooms from him. I think Mike Tyson gave him mushrooms to leave him oh, alone. Oh wow! Like he, he was like, "Here, take these." And the guy would not fucking leave Mike Tyson alone, and he just fucking had enough and turned around and beat the shit out of him. And the air marshal let him. Yeah, the air marshal. Air marshal was like, oh yeah, let him. he just sat back. He's like. Mm. <laughs> I need to watch this video. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing there, anything. There are like, two videos in that in that link that I sent. There are two videos. Okay. Mm-hmm. One is someone watching's perspective of Tyson just pummeling this kid in the face. The other one is the guy's buddy filming the antagonizing of Mike Tyson. And, right. and then on. and then the last one uh, like the, there's a series of videos where the guy is filming the ant- antagonism, and then the last one is post beatdown. Yes, and he's like, he was just trying to get an autograph. Like he tried to switch the story up so they could get something out of Tyson, but it ain't gonna fly. Well, mm-hmm. the, I I read a story this morning that uh, young man has lawyered up, and he is going to sue Mike Tyson oh, because course. Mike Tyson's hands are weapons. He should have known better. Oh Jesus, Mike we'll Tyson, see. right there in the uh, background. TKO. I truly hope that. that like Mike Tyson doesn't have to pay this dude a fucking dime. Well, the the thing was, the the kind of the the way of thinking was um, okay. So the guy was antagonizing him. At one point, he threw a bottle of water either at Tyson or on Tyson, and that's when Tyson jumped up and, and started beating him. Uh, they're saying if this guy sues Tyson, Tyson should counter sue him, and. Just keep it in court because Tyson can afford to keep it in court until the guy just says, I can't afford this. Right. Also, Tyson, they said Tyson should have a right to sue the people that whose job it was to keep peace on that airplane. Because I mean, the U.S. Marshal let it happen. So where's your case? Yeah. (laughs) You know, if the U.S. Marshal saw a reason to be like, yeah, he's got to punch him in the face. I think he wins the case. Uh, They also think that these uh, these two guys were. setting Tyson up to get some money out of him. Sure. Oh, 100%. By egging him on to get punched. Mikey, I just want to take a minute and say I love your shirt. Why, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Shout out to Easy. I have an Easy Funko Pop right there. Right above my thumb, so. Yeah. Funko Pop. Yeah, it's the only Funko Pop I own other than the Stranger Things one, because I'm not that nerdy, but, you know. Yeah, I'm not a Funko Pop Pop guy either. I have two as well. Mm -hmm. I have Lemmy. And I have fat weird owl. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
All right. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Lemmy is God. And there is no God, only Schlack. Mm-hmm. Mikey, how was your, or Mikey, Mike, how was your week, buddy? Um, How's your testes? Because we talked about your testes. You know, my, my, it's, it's, it's been going down. I've had, I have, I have pretty big testicles, not bragging, just fat. Just just big apples, apples down there? Well, just in general, like, what is it? Like egg size, like chicken egg size. Right. And I think my left one is down to like duck egg size. Nice. So So it's good. It's gone from, from baseball to tennis ball to cutie orange and that well maybe maybe it's cutie orange now and it was duck egg i don't know i don't know the size but yeah my ball's shrinking we'll see what happens this is this is this is the make or break week whether or not i go to the doctor and get examined Um, free bond ball fondling from some stranger it's it's fine yeah my doctor's really attractive too well there's that Male or That's female, another, it doesn't matter. Another fun thing, yeah, yeah, just exactly. <laughs> it's a, just an attractive doctor who will fondle my balls. I think it's important to have an attractive doctor because not only are they like smart and able to fix you, but like, I don't know. Are you an I advocate feel, of pretty privilege, Michael? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty in doctors. <laughs> in doctors, okay. I don't just like rough. I, I couldn't. I couldn't go to a doctor that looked like me. <laughs> just because, bro, bro, you're like 400 pounds. Look at your beard. I don't believe that you could take care of me because you can't take care of yourself. Fair so enough. I think if a doc, if a doctor is like fit and yeah, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. I just want all my doctors to look like Bernie Sanders on a bad hair day. That's, that's not a, I, that's see that, that's another thing that's okay. Like a a, a wise looking doctor, right? Right. See, my my thing with doctors. I tend to like uh, doctors of – there, there was a big um, wave of, like, of, of immigrants coming in, and they would go to medical school. I prefer that because they're very no-nonsense, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, they're, they're not there to be your buddy. They're there to do a job. Right. No, no right. bedside manner. Uh, sorry, your, your arm is falling off. I have to cut off. Bye. Well, I had at one point I had I I was this is years ago I, I got really sick and I coughed so hard that something happened in my collarbone area mm-hmm. and I had this giant lump. Yeah. And it Ooh. was it was you know and we found out it was a, a rib that you know the little short ribs that are up in there it had dislocated and popped to the outside of my collarbone. Oh wow! And so you know I'm like I got to go because I couldn't raise my arm up past you know like I couldn't even get it to 90 degrees and so I went just to an urgent care. And there was a doctor, I believe he was Turkish, and he came in and he, you know, what, what is the issue? And I said, this right here. He said, okay. He goes, favor. I said, what's that? He goes, show me, can you lift your arms above your head? And I go, okay. And I got it out and I get him up there. He goes, okay, now do it forward. And I go, and he goes, you kind of grimace when you do that. Does it hurt? I go, yes. He goes, why did you do it? I said, because you asked me to. <laughs> and he said, don't do that. He goes, go until it hurts. And I'm like, eh. and he goes, that's all the further you can do until it starts hurting. Yeah. He goes, why you go up here? And I go, because you told me to, you told me to. <laughs> and he goes, he said, I have a question for you. He said, one of two things. He goes, are you insanely tough or are you insanely stupid? And I said, probably a little bit of both. And he said, okay, I see. He goes, so it's not going to matter if I hurt you to do this. I go, no. And he, just kind of oh. took a few x-rays and then he kind of gave me a boom and he goes that's gonna hurt i'm gonna give you some painkillers go home he goes you're fine 
<laughs> nice. I prefer that. I prefer that. Right. Absolutely. My brain doctor is like that. He's a, he's actually a com- he's like the Bernie Sanders type. He he's a he's an older fella and he's just no bullshit. He's like, yeah, you're fucking fat, man. <laughs> if you cut that out. I'm like, you're right, bro. You're totally right. Now there is one other thing that depending on what kind of doctor I'm going to, I I always want to look at their hands. Mm-hmm. Because if it's a doctor that may have to do anything like uh, giving me a, a finger, mm-hmm. I want them to have dainty fingers. Don't want them fat <laughs> boys. No, I, I do not want I do not want sausage fingers. I'll be honest. Two I'll bones. take whatever. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> How meaty are those digits? Yeah. <laughs> Can you use both? I mean, come you gotta, on. <laughs> can you check? Can you double check? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh shit! But yeah, outside of that, outside of that, man, I, uh, I just, I, I didn't do much. Uh, so it's fine. It's fine. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling uh, had a week. We announced the big. There was a big Tony Khan announcement on Wednesday. A wah, joint. Wah, wah. That's what I felt Isn't about there that one announcement. Every Wednesday, the, it yeah, seems I like mean, there's an announcement every Wednesday. Yeah. Well, it's New, New Japan and AEW are having a joint show, which is actually a pretty big deal in the in the wrestling world. Oddly enough, for me, uh, AEW killed all of my interest in New Japan because everybody that I that I followed in New Japan Pro Wrestling actually just came to AEW already. So like the like the vast majority of the Bullet Club, the only people I care about in New Japan that, that I still like look in on every now and again are, are uh, uh, Bad Bad Luck Fale, who is an original member of the Bullet Club, but I really don't follow him too much anymore. And yeah, there's not there's not much else that I've been paying attention to. So and I mean, there's Okada. Okada is like the the world famous Japanese Kenny Omega, basically. Um, so, but yeah, I have no idea about AEW, so I can under I can definitely understand the underwhelming presence to it to like a a, a regular wrestling fan. <laughs> well, my whole thing, Not, my whole thing with it is, as you said, um, they kind of have New Japan in AEW already. So I'm just kind of like, is this really that big to where you made the need to make an announcement? Cool, you're having a show together. Like you guys haven't had each other's rosters on your shows before you're just officially making a show it's not that big of a deal it's cool whoop de do you know i mean impact also has a lot of new japan pro wrestlers over there and aew goes to impact impact comes to aew it's like a, a three ring circus there and that's not that big of an announcement in my opinion me mikey did you even know of this announcement well i did i was almost certain that I had heard this announcement before it was announced. Uh, because when it was announced, I was like, I, I thought that was already going on. Right. Um, uh, and a lot, a lot of the, the complaining that I saw about it was just like you said, why do you have to make an announcement that you're going to work with a company that you've already announced you have a working agreement with? Right. So you're finally going to make good on that announcement by making an announcement that we're going to make good on the announcement we announced before. Announcements. <laughs> yeah, it's Tony Khan, and, and I did see a thing. Tony Khan is now catching some flack because they feel that he has to stroke his ego by appearing on the show to make an announcement every week. He didn't even make the announcement this week. I think those are just assholes. Yeah. Like oh, yeah? he, he he came out for two seconds, and then Adam Cole took over, and him and Jay White made the announcement. 
So, like, it, it, Tony Khan's definitely hearing that because he's not he's not making himself part of the show as much as these people who are complaining are complaining. It's it, take that with a grain of salt. It's th- that's a lot of the AEW bots, which is another thing that's out there in the in the world. That yeah, that's true. Tony Khan has made a study, or he's commissioned a study that. WWE or someone is is making anti AEW bots on the internet. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. I mean, <laughs> let's see. The, let's see the data. I'll believe it. I mean, the funny thing is, don't don't fuck with a man who has very disposable income because he'll figure shit out, and he loves statistics. He's, yeah, his whole life is statistics. He's like, kind of like he's gonna find the Batman, but the Riddler. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, I have all this disposable money, and I will figure shit out. Yeah, I know money. what you're doing, motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, another announcement that's a little bit more near and dear to our hearts, XPW, for their next show, has announced an eight-woman tournament. They cut the tournament in half, and I like that, for the uh, XPW title. I imagine Camille is in it, uh, Taya Valkyrie, and they announced Chelsea Green today. Oh, so wow. that, that, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty star-studded first three. XPW, women's division, will it be hardcore? Is it just going to be an indie wrestling show? What's Schlack going to do? I'm sold. I'm gonna get the new. I'm gonna get the next XPW pay per view. I I'm not looking forward to it because their regular wrestling show, as we saw, with their return, was kind of me. I mean, I guess they are coming back to the world famous Derby Room in yeah, Pomona. Pomona. So uh, maybe Sacramento. We love you. <laughs> Amazing French fries. So maybe they'll have a good crowd. I don't know, but the, the, when they did the crowd in in New York when they came back, that was just very bad and uh even the crowd at, at pomona was uh eh, it was okay i mean they had that whole back section that was empty there's probably a good 70 seats that were empty there so hopefully well, they if, grow. If, if half the go ahead mikey if if half the crowd hadn't gotten escorted out of the arena for throwing shit <laughs> you know as the show went on they were throwing people out left and right that's fine they're who yeah, the Pomona. Derby Room, man. World famous. It's a derby Room. Good friends. Someday we're nope. playing the Derby Room. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. Um. That's really all I fucking came across with for wrestling news that was worth talking about. Uh, yeah. I'm not much going on. Yeah. WWE, I watch your programming. Nothing to talk about there. I didn't see Lacey Evans has really yeah. nice, nice promos right now. That's all I got. <laughs> I and watched, they, oh, they get they they eliminated weed from their banned substances list. Oh, good! So they can all be so high. That's now. cool. Matt Riddle yeah. is happy. That'll that'll save Randy Orton. Uh, what about twelve hundred bucks a year? Yeah, our RVD's pissed. <laughs> right, <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I watched my first episode of Impact ever since they left TNA or left. Uh, oh wow! Left uh, Spike last week. That was interesting. Where did you find that? It's on Axis TV. And I only, I, I, it always comes up in my, my like homepage on Sling, like things that might be interesting to you. I was like, oh, Impact, cool. I never paid attention. But then I saw, you know, Dem Boys was supposed to be on Impact. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to DVR this episode. Dem Boys were not on that episode. It was really sad. <laughs> but Man. I happened to see that's where Jay White is right now. He is heavily involved over there with Bullet Club and, uh, their, their, their champion Moose was on the card, and uh, their X Division, they have this guy, uh, Miguel, their, their champion. Trey Miguel. Trey Miguel, thank you. That guy's phenomenal. Reminds me yeah, of, he really is. He reminds me of old RVD, just doing 
doing similar moves but making him super new and really cool. So that was kind of fun. Saw Vincent he, he was from actually. Go ahead. I saw Vincent from uh, the Deathmatch tournament. He is from mm-hmm. Impact. I did not know that. I was like, who is this Rob Zombie guy? So that, that's cool that he was over there. Um, yeah, it was, it was an okay card. Some things were kind of boring, but uh, they were at the uh, 2100 building in Philadelphia. They were at the old ECW stomping grounds. And Guido Maritano and uh, what, what's the little dude? Big Sal. Mama Luke. Was it Big Sal? No. Uh, oh, Tony, Tony Mamaluke. Mamaluke? Yes, they they came out and uh, he had a match. He went against Matt Cardona, so that was kind of fun. The full blooded Italians yeah. were in the building. Mm-hmm. So, did you see the did you see the the launch of Little Guido and Mamaluke just went? Oh, nope, not going to catch you. I did. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it was, it was yeah. kind of fun. I was like, ooh, yeah, eh, whatever. But it was, it was, it was a neat thing. Uh, but, but you can tell they're indie as heck. Like Impact is really, they were like up here, and now they're like, we now they're down here. They really I'll uh, have to watch an episode. Yeah. I, did, I think I have access TV. Yeah, so it was kind of fun. I was hoping to watch them the, boys, but they were not there. One other thing that did happen this week. Um, did you see that uh, WWE kind of? Uh, Cock blocked AEW, so to speak. They signed Bret Hart to a Legends deal. Oh, yeah. So he cannot appear on AEW television. Mm-hmm. That is not confirmed yet. Uh, I've heard the rumor. I watched today, I, I watched a news update before this, and it is it is definitely hearsay. It's all coincidental yeah. evidence. We okay. could see Bret Hart at the FTR one on one. Well, I know well, Bret Hart's supposed to be at the FTR. Uh, but it's supposed to not take place at AEW. It's somewhere else. It, yeah, he's, man- he, he's managing yeah. big time wrestling. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, which he's allowed Hold on, to I gotta do. Let my kid in. Oh. Go ahead, Mikey. Keep it no, going. he's he, he's he's allowed to do that. On he can appear with AEW talent on independent dates, mm-hmm. but he cannot appear on AEW programming Correct. at all. That's that's is what is what was, and I I thought I saw a little bit more confirmed or a little stronger argument towards this being true earlier today. Well, you know how there's scamps in wrestling like this, like the scamp. So I guess oh, yeah. when, when the TV and the time comes, we'll find out really what was happening there. Um, but yeah, I, I heard that same uh, slice of news today that uh, Bret Hart is not allowed to show up on AEW TV, even though he presented the company with the world belt. He's just not, not allowed there no more. He's not allowed Ooh. anymore. Bret Hart. We're, ta- we're, we're, Bret, we're wrapping Bret up Hart. the Bret Hart stuff. I just it's a heart tournament. It's hearsay. It's hearsay. We'll we'll find out how it goes. He hates WWF, right? Maybe that's what I thought. Maybe they'll cover his meds, his medical bills. Mm, there's got to be something in yeah, it for it. Possible. Yeah. That wasn't my kid. <laughs> no. <laughs> was it some stranger? See, was it someone from? Was it someone from Poland? It was an Amazon guy. No. Oh. I don't know where he was from. He tripped up the stairs, though. <laughs> huh. Did you help him up? What'd you do? No, I, I he was too far down. No, just spit on his face and get out of here. No, <laughs> no, I let him come up and give me the box. Oh, okay. What's in the box? Yeah, what's in I the box? think what's it's my box? zebra cakes. You order zebra cakes from Amazon? I never have before, but I did. I got a new. Uh, I got a new razor for my head, mm-hmm. like because my clippers died. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, the zebra cakes are like my favorite thing, except, except for I don't like the like 
package zebra cakes that you can get at the store. Right. I want those big daddies from the gas station. The individual wrapped ones. Yes, mm-hmm. the big ones. And uh, yeah. so I got a big box of the the individual wrapped ones. Nice. You're you are my yeah. hero today. Just Thanks, say, you are my hero today. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That's that's a little bit of get to know you that's, about my zebra cakes are my favorite that's snack. Scholar move because I did the same thing. I'm going to say <laughs> there there is a hot sauce that you can only get sometimes at Hy-Vee. It's tiger mm-hmm. sauce. It's only available normally through restaurants. Like it just sits at their table. Here's tiger sauce. So I went to Amazon. I was like, can I get tiger sauce? Fuck yeah, you can get tiger sauce if you can buy. Oh, yeah. A hundred pound bag of just marshmallows from Lucky Charms. Of course, I can get tiger sauce from Amazon. So I got a box of uh, tiger sauce that you know normally restaurants get because I got to have me some tiger sauce for the rest of my life. Mike, have you ever got any? Mike, have you ever got anything off of Amazon like zebra cakes or tiger sauce? Uh, yes, I. Nice. Uh, when I when I was I, I had gone to Canada fishing, and I fell in love with a flavor of chip. That was only available in Canada. It's called All Dress Chips. Now they have them here now, but back then they did not have them. So I sought them out and I bought some All Dress Chips, and they were delicious. God bless the Bezos. Yeah. Have you guys had uh, ketchup chips before? Why would I? I did not like them. No. I've no. never had, had them, in them but they seem to be very popular. Yeah, I had them in Canada. I did not care for them. I did like the all salt and pepper chips, though. I will dip a chip in ketchup. That's weird. Like if I'm at a barbecue, for instance, and I got a burger and I grab a handful of chips and yeah. I have like some sauce on the sides of ketchup, I will, do, I will like a fry. Kind of. Yeah, I'll do barbecue sauce. I like barbecue <laughs> this is, sauce. This is wild. We're just getting to know each other here. I don't we want are. to know this. I don't want to know this. <laughs> this is not shit I want to know. It's not something like I look to do. I'm, I'm more of a, if I'm going to dip my chip, it's going to be into like a French onion dip. Yeah. Like that's what I would prefer. That makes more sense. But like in in a pinch and in that situation at a summertime barbecue or a wintertime barbecue if you're nasty, and it it it's there, I might dip a chip in new ketchup. Hmm. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Mikey, Moving you're on. you're sailing the ship today. Tell us what we're doing. Well, I thought that you know we 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 sometimes get thrown little curveballs, and we could either say okay, we're not going to do anything or we're just going to wing it. And so my brain started going and I thought, let's wing it and let's let our viewers and let our listeners get to know us by learning more about our fandom of wrestling, our individual fandoms of wrestling and how they grew to, because we are some of the biggest wrestling fans that we know. Yeah. You know? Um, So I thought, let's get back to what made us this crazy about wrestling. What made us this way? Yeah, what made us this way? Why are you and like so this? <laughs> I have composed a list of, and, and these are, some of these are like, uh, you know, your favorite, whatever, but it's not something that somebody's going to say, no, 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 that's a technical this, that. It's your personal opinion. What's your favorite? Because you can't really argue with that. Okay. Um, I like Some this. are, what was your first experience with this or that? Mm-hmm. And some is, what would you have done? It was if Nicole Ashby in my parents' basement. You know, if you could have booked it, what would you have done? Okay. So let's just start at the beginning here. And I'll ask and we'll go around and kind of give our answers and explain, you know, if you have a little explanation of why, give it. I can do that. Um, my first one is, what was your first favorite wrestler? Not your current, it could be your current favorite wrestler, but what was your very first, as a young fan, what was your first favorite wrestler? 
I can answer this right uh, offhand. Go ahead. It was Junkyard Dog. And not for the reasons that you guys know. Shut your mouth. <laughs> um, it was the King Harley race. It was the King Harley race. JYD kiss my foot match. Shut up, both of okay. you. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought it was so cool that uh, the white man had to kiss the black man's foot. Like, I was like, mm. yeah, racism sucks. And this is winning and stuff. And I just remember that I was I was down with the groove and the funk of the JYD. And I, I, I cheer, he was the first wrestler and, like, the first pay-per-view that I was, like, totally engrossed in. And I, I don't know why he resonated with me as a kid. He just did. But, like, I was all about the JYD. Yeah, you were. Shut up. <laughs> my favorite wrestler of all time, or when it, my first favorite wrestler was yeah. Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Oh, wow. I uh, I loved the the stomp. It was just the coolest. And uh, at the time, like, like in nineteen eighty four, whenever I saw him, he I really liked his haircut, and he wore the bright yellow trunks. Now is that WWF or Rugged Ronnie Garvin, or is that NWA or WCW? I think I think it had to be WWF because I don't know that I had access to NWA TV. It might have been one of those ESPN shows. I don't really recollect. I just remember that Rugged Ronnie Garvin was my favorite. And then like, uh, I really I really liked the One Man Gang too. It's a it's a tough. Like th- those were my first two. Like wow, these guys are fucking awesome. Yeah, very cool, Mikey. Mine was the missing link. Yes. Interesting. And yeah, huh. you know, and I was so super young um, and he was in WWF. I don't remember if he was managed by Lou Albano at the time. Cause I think he had Albano. I think he had Bobby the brain at one point, And I think he had Fred Blassie at one point. Um, but I, I liked his, his haircut. He had the little tuft of hair on front and the two tufts in the back. He had, he at that time was painting his face completely green, had kind of a mustache like mine, but it cut off here and he had like nothing. He had like half of what I have, you know, and um, he would grab his tufts of hair and headbutt his opponent. He would run and dive and bash his head into his opponent or into the turnbuckle or he was just a wild man. Now he was a heel, but I didn't care. I still don't care. But he was a heel. He was my first favorite. A very close second. I, I was into JYD. You know, I, I liked his no, dancing. I, I was liked... into JYD. You, yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> more so than any all of us. The, all the way. Woo. But Woo. I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed JYD. But George Animal Steel was also an early favorite. That's my other Because of eating the turnbuckles yep. and Green just tongue. being a crazy man. Yeah. When he was. So I was like Nikita Koloff, too throw that out there yeah when very uh, interesting when uh george animal steel had the angle with macho man and him always going after elizabeth like that was highly entertaining as a kid to me Big yeah time yeah so you know i guess that's what drew me to to those guys it was the wildness of of their characters yeah plus, yeah george animal steel was different than everybody else too he looked different he looked like an old man well, because he was. He was. <laughs> yeah, he was all. He, well, the, compared to everybody else, right, then he was right, all right. hairy. Yeah, he was all hairy and like, yeah, I, I thought he was great. Yeah, except for that shiny head that he had, and I don't understand how he got his head so shiny. <laughs> Buffy, the green polishes out there. We'll have yeah, to check polishes. Amazon. Yeah, yeah some, some head polish. So, kind of piggybacking off of that, what what is your first wrestling memory? What is the very first thing, the earliest thing you can remember seeing that made you go, hey, what is this? And you watched wrestling. 
Mine would be Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules Hernandez because of Hercules Hernandez's chain. I mm-hmm. thought that was the craziest thing ever. This guy's in this ring and he's swinging this huge metal chain. This other guy's about to wrestle him and they're not, they don't like each other. Why? And they're both super <laughs> strong and look like they could demolish this house. I remember that uh, being, pr- I think the first thing I remember, I don't know what WrestleMania that was. I don't even. Three. Three? When, what, was what was three. JYD and uh, Harley Race then? Three. Also three. Okay. Also three. WrestleMania well, three was pretty much it. Yeah, WrestleMania Billy three G- must have been my 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 first foray. I because I spent the night at my friend Ephraim's house, and I remember this is what we were doing for the evening. I was shout to Ephraim. Shout out to Ephraim. Ephraim. Uh, God, what was Ephraim's last name? I don't even remember anymore. I feel terrible. Um. Anyways, uh. Yeah, so we just had the, the pay-per-view and just watched it, and that was, I believe, my first foray ever into wrestling. Um, you know, that and I got Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan as my first you know, main event. It was, it was pretty pretty fly, but I remember Billy Jack Haynes and, and Hercules Hernandez just, like, making my mouth at the floor, and I'm like, what is this shit? This is amazing. I, I need to be about this. So, Billy Jack Haynes, after that match put Hercules in a full Nelson outside the ring and puked on his back. I don't remember that. I want to see this. Oh, now. yeah. I just, I just watched it like two weeks ago. Yeah, he barfed all over him. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> right at the Pontiac Silverdome in front of yeah. 90,000 people. 93,000 people got to see Billy Jack Haynes hork all over Hercules' back. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Mr. Fantastic. Uh, mine, I, two that stick out, I remember Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy. Uh, okay. Had a few. I remember they were in a cage in the old, old old school cage, and King Kong Bundy was bleeding all over the place, and it was pretty sweet. And then the other thing that I remember is it the blue steel cage where it's all like crossbar? Yeah, yeah it was a blue like steel. Yeah, that would have been WrestleMania too. There you go. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. And then the other thing that really sticks out from early is when Paul Orndorff pile drove Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just so fucking devastating to me. And like I could, I didn't I, initially. I didn't. Believe, I thought King Kong Bundy was such a badass, and like there was no way Hogan could beat him. And I just remember that sticking out. And then I remember. I don't even know that it was, that I saw WrestleMania two. I think it might have been like a highlight show post WrestleMania two yeah. that that I saw that I saw that. But that's the first thing I'm like, what the hell is this? And then when Paul Orndorff, I was just so devastated that he had turned his back on his friend. Oh, the simple times, Mikey. So. so- Mine, mine predates all of this. Oh wow! Because <laughs> um, you're we, older. We were, yeah, we were we were at uh, we were at my dad's friend's house, and the TV was just on. It was one of those big console TVs. It's like a piece of furniture. Oh yeah, and the TV was the, just the floor on. model TV. Yeah, and I I remember seeing it. We were getting ready to leave, and I stopped. I'm like, no, I got to watch this. And what I remember, I have since figured out who these people were. But I remember seeing a man in a gold mask, a really sparkly gold mask, wrestling a guy that just was a wild bearded man with crazy hair, crazy blonde hair, and wearing cutoff jeans. And we were getting ready to leave. I'm like, wait a minute, I want to see this. And my dad was like, okay, we can finish this match and then we got to go. It was a late night, you know, thing. And, and so we stood and watched it. I figured out it was the mass superstar, Bill Eady, Acts of Demolition wrestling moondog spot on like some superstar show, but it was on late for some reason. You know, weirdly enough, yeah. I think the moondogs are actually my first memory. 
Because I remember their cutoff jean shorts and their big blonde hair, but I couldn't tell you where I saw them wrestling or why. But yeah, that, the, that is the, a the memory that does predate, I think, WrestleMania. Absolutely, yeah. They And they would have the rope belt, and they would carry those big soup bones. Yep. And, and you yeah. saw, I was like, who the fuck are these? I remember, yeah, look at you jogging my own memory. Look at you go. And that's what I wanted to do with this. Well done, sir. I want to take a little trip down memory lane and spark some memories. Yeah. Moon, I do remember the Moon Dogs because my, my buddy Ephraim, we he was always like, we're going to be the Moon Dogs. I'm like, what the fuck are the Moon Dogs? And he, we, we would always <laughs> go outside and you know just wrestle each other. And I did, yeah, thank you. Yeah, there you go. I'm yeah. unlocking a memory upgrade. And to kind of, I, I just thought of because Mike, you jogged a memory of mine. And so it, it kind of parlays into another question that I do not have on the list. Cool. What's the first thing that, as a young fan, traumatized you? And because it, you jogged my memory, one of the first things that traumatized me in wrestling was when, and I just watched it like two days ago, Saturday night's main event, this set up the WrestleMania two match. Hulk Hogan and Magnificent Morocco were wrestling. Mr. Fuji was sick. So... As a substitute, Bobby Heenan volunteered to manage Morocco. And in the course of the match, King Kong Bundy attacked Hogan. Morocco held him in the corner, and Bundy did the avalanche about four or five times. Yeah, and, dude. And broke his wrist. It, it was horrible. Now I, I remember that, this. too. I saw the highlights Saturday morning on Superstars. This happened. And it's going to be on Saturday night's main event tonight. And I remember throwing shit and getting so pissed off. And my mom said, look, if you don't settle down, I was like, <laughs> you know, hypervent. And because they hurt Hulk Hogan. I was a huge Hogan fan at the time. And uh, I got, I got better, but uh, <laughs> we've all grown. But uh, I remember getting upset and, and the, what settled me down was my, my mom said, if you do not settle down, you cannot watch Saturday night's main event tonight. And I'm like, okay, cause I need to watch that. Right. So it, 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 that fucked me up so bad. You know what really so, traumatized me was when Macho Man Randy Savage destroyed Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with the bell. Yep. And like I thought Ricky Steamboat was dying. He was like, he sold it so well. Yeah. That yes, was so rough for me, dude. Yeah. Um, I gotta let Lillian. Okay. So keep okay. keep talking. Well, I'm gonna keep say, my say headphones it. on. Well, then yeah, my my most traumatic thing, and I believe I actually cried when I was a boy, is when Andre smashed Damien in the bag. Mm. If you remember that. Yeah. He did the, the butt squash on the bag. And I don't know. I can't remember. Was it Andre or was it Earthquake? I don't remember. To be honest, I remember a big man squishing Damien. And I was fucked I up. know Quake did it. Maybe it was Quake. Yeah. Maybe it was Earthquake then. I know that yeah. was the thing that like, rip, yeah, E. Wolfman says it's Earthquake too. Um, so yeah, that actually like generally upset me. And I thought like I wasn't going to watch wrestling anymore. Because I was a big fan of Jake the Snake. I thought the snake was yep. the coolest thing. I'm like, they just killed a snake on TV. I'm, I'm fucking distraught. I'm, 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 a, I'm beside myself. I don't want to watch wrestling anymore. So, Interesting thing. Yeah. Interesting thing about that. Yeah. They, uh, they, now they, they, they were going through an angle of the snake can't be in the corner. So Jake would, would hey. <laughs> so Jake tucked the snake under the ring apron. There was someone under the ring that swapped out bags. They had a length of pantyhose stuffed with hamburger. Right, because presented. when they squished it, it made it, it made goo. Juice, yeah, yeah, it made a stain. Right. 
Yeah, and they, I, I heard somewhere, I heard uh, an interview with the guy that actually did that, the employee that actually was responsible for the switch, and he said, I was under the ring, I could hear it, and I could hear the audience just, yeah. and he said that was what, what experience. But yeah, that was hamburger and pantyhose. Yeah, like the whole- I did, not have my, I did not have my headphones on, but I know you're talking about when Avalanche jumped off and, and crushed Damien, right? Yep. Right, that was, yep. that was <laughs> when I was a kid, that made me cry, like legit. Oh, I was yeah. like, I don't want to watch wrestling anymore because they killed the snake. <laughs> And that was like my favorite thing, but uh, yeah. like when I, I remember Hogan giving this or getting the splashes from uh, uh, Bundy. Bundy, thank you. That yeah. stuff to me when like the Bell stuff and and that I was like, oh my god, what's he gonna do to get his revenge? Like that stuff never upset me. It was the stuff that was like unjust. Like how dare you kill a snake? <laughs> <laughs> that snake didn't do nothing to you. But yeah, shit, shit like that. But yeah, that, that that's that's a great memory. Thank you for bringing that back too. Yeah, Mike, what was what was your Traumatizing. Oh, then the, the Rick, Ricky Steamboat, the, the Steamboat, oh, Ricky Steamboat. Belt yeah. thing. Yeah, Bell. like we okay, can also yeah. go back when, when the Cobra bit Randy Savage was also. Oh, yeah, like holy shit! Or when the, the, he tortured Andre with the snake, I thought Andre might have fucking had a heart attack and died. Like uh-huh. Jake the Snake was pretty much. <laughs> you know, if there was a number one traumatizing character <laughs> in, in early wrestling, it was definitely Jake Roberts. Correct. Like he was always involved one way or the other on one side of the emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I ju- uh, that just popped in my head that upset me. I was a little bit older, but not not much. Um, is when Honky Tonk Man shoved Elizabeth to the to the ground. Oh yeah, I don't and remember that. you know setting up. The uh, the heart it was it was Honky Tonk and uh, uh, Savage in a match, and Heart Foundation came out and and interfered, and then the Heart Foundation had Savage he was he was beaten to where he couldn't stand, so they held him up, and Honky Tonk was getting ready to do the guitar shot, and Elizabeth jumped in the way, and Honky Tonk kind of oh, gave her the what yeah, for, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. kind of gives her a shoulder block to the to the canvas, and she oversells the shit out of it like she died. Well, it also broke the spaghetti strap on her dress. Ooh. So the rest of the uh, interaction, she has to hold her dress up as she runs back to get Hogan to save him. And I, again, I've been going through all the, this old shit, Saturday Night's Made events and stuff. Uh, seeing Hogan, he comes out and he's confused. You know, if, if somebody ran up to me and said, dude, somebody's beating the shit out of your friend. I'm going to get my ass out there and assess the situation. She's explaining all the way down the ramp to Hogan what's going on. He's like, what? What? And all of a sudden, he he gets to a certain point, and he goes, brother. <laughs> and then he comes in and saves the day. It's like, come on, Hulk. But also planted the seeds for uh, the mega powers to explode before the mega power. It, it was the cementing of the mega powers, the, the famous handshake. But it planted the seed because Hogan was being attentive to Elizabeth. And you can see Savage looking back, giving him the the fuck are you doing over there dude yeah. lust in your eyes hogan lust in your eyes hogan lust in your eyes i see it dude you, you want to <laughs> touch elizabeth's heine don't you <laughs> let's let's go with this one now we've Hiney. all we've all attended live events yep what was the main event for your very first live event uh it was zeus versus hulk hogan in a steel cage the, Holy at shit. the omaha civic auditorium Mine was Hulk Hogan versus Ted DiBiase at the Omaha Civic Auditorium. Well, they also I did not... three hours of fucking four, seven, four hundred hours of TV taping before <laughs> that. But... Oh my god! <clears throat> yeah, I just had a house show prior to WrestleMania three. Macho Man Randy Savage 
Ricky Steamboat for the Intercontinental Belt. Steamboat won via countout. My memory of that show, my dad bought me tickets. This is kind of a sad story. My dad, who is not in my life, bought me these tickets because he was trying to make an effort to be a dad. So I'm sitting there. Bell time is about to start. My dad has not picked me up. I'm holding two tickets sitting on my porch all alone. I'm crying my eyes out. My mom calls my uncle Skip, who lives like three blocks away. I was like, can you take Sam to these to these wrestling matches? So he comes and scoops me up. We get the tickets. He's like, no, these tickets won't do. So we go to where we're supposed to sit, and then we hop over the barrier, and then we just stand the whole night like three feet away from the ring. We just kind of... He kind of pulls me around, and we just kind of shuck and jive and kind of mix in with people and stuff. So he made it like an event that was super memorable because I was like so close and so cool. And he like, it's like, yeah, you you got this shit into the stick, but we're gonna make it something cool. So that was that was kind of a, a shitty memory to start, but a really cool memory afterwards because I was like, damn, I, I don't think I've ever actually been that close to a, in a wrestling event since, honestly. So shout out to Skip. Yeah, shout out to yeah. Uncle Skip, even though you're a piece of Trump shit now, but it's fine. He was a he was a good man back in the day. I have nothing to do with him now as an older gentleman because people are crazy. It's fine. Let's see what's uh... now. My heart's broken. <laughs> yeah, that was... it's fine. Way to way to bring down the. You know, you want to talk about bad dads at wrestling events? Yeah, <laughs> that's in wrestling event. My dad, my dad told me all these fucking lies that he was gonna get, get me autographs. Oof, never did. Oh. And he was, he, oddly enough, he was also supposed to take me to that show, and he didn't. And my stepdad and Levitt's dad ended up coming through and taking me and Levitt to it. So the first ever were me, young, young Matt and young Mike with Mike Bodkin Sr. and, and Lenny Levitt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my dad was a very similar story, but my stepdad came through, but he wasn't as nice as Uncle Skip. No, that's fine. Uh, my cousin, you know, Buster Moose is my cousin. He says, can confirm about my Uncle Skip. So. Oh, shout out to Uncle. <laughs> Let me take my shout out to Uncle Skip back. Yeah, take it back and shout out to my cousin, Buster Moose. He knows the real deal. <clears throat> Mikey. Spe- speaking, speaking of. Mikey, again, shout out to Mikey for having a good relationship with his parents. Right. Well, yeah, my. my uh, <laughs> I mean, my mom my was fr- good to me as a kid. Just my dad was really shitty. My first, my first live event story is is nothing i mean it's similar but nothing quite like that uh santa had tucked some a little envelope into my stocking and it was tickets to this live wrestling event so christmas morning i received it and i believe it was the either the 26th or the 28th of december i think it was the 26th actually so the next day i get to go see this so it was like oh my god i get to go to wrestling tomorrow <laughs> and uh, it was supposed the main event was supposed oh. to be Andre versus Macho for the belt, but Steamboat had just made his comeback, and Andre came out and said, uh, "Hey, check it out. You know, I don't need this title shot. My friend needs it because he needs to get revenge." Now Ricky Steamboat has said that they never were in the ring together between the Bell incident and WrestleMania three. I sent that match card, I still have it, now signed by Ricky Steamboat, that says, right here, this is before WrestleMania 3, and you have been telling an, uh, a fib, sir. Nice. You're and a I fucking a liar. You're a I fucking a liar, Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. I wrote him a letter <laughs> just to say that much. I'm like, I know you've said this, but I saw the warm-up match, dude. I saw it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, on, on the live event 
thing. What is either the craziest or the most memorable spot that you ever saw live? I can take that. That would be, uh, I've probably told both of you gentlemen this, this story. Uh, it happened at a local show. It was OWA. My best friend uh, at the time, still a close homie, if he called me right now, I would drop what I was doing and go help him. Uh, Eric Dreher. He, right now? Right now. During the podcast? During the podcast. That, that man has uh, done a lot for me in my life. Eric Dreher better not fucking call you. <laughs> I don't think he will. <laughs> it's fine. Um, phone rings. <laughs> so we, you know, we, him and I, we started our own backyard fed, and he actually took it and went to wrestling school and wanted to become a professional wrestler, which he did. He met up with Maury Swanger and learned the ropes and went with the OWA, and he became o- uh, Omaha's second and longest reigning hardcore champ, I believe. The second champ and the longest reigning before I started changing hands a bunch. Um, I can't remember who the match was against. I think I want to say Vince Black, and I hope someone from the OWA you know, ends up on their site shortly. Why are you calling me on my phone, Michael? You should answer. All right, I'm going to answer. Mike is calling me. Yes, Mike. It's not Eric Dreer. He's calling me on the podcast. I just I just wanted to let you know that I call you, not Eric Dreer. All right, fine. <laughs> so anyways, I like I said, I believe it was Vince Black and Eric's name the wrestling name was Nightshade. And uh hardcore match does a spot I don't I've never seen in my life, still to this day. He gets up on the top rope. We're at the I wanna say it's called the Bourbon, but I can't remember. It's on eighty fourth and 84th and center-ish by the... Tan- that, by the- that was Bur- Bourbon Street. Bourbon before Street. that, it was Club, Club Paradise. Thank you, yes. Bourbon Street. Uh, they used to run ODMA Shut shows up, there. Mikey. Um, he got on the top rope. Bourbon Street had an open ceiling, like you could see the rafters. And he bounced off the top rope, grabbed the ceiling rafters, and started to monkey crawl, or monkey uh, bar, across there until the center of the ring, where I believe Vince Black was laying, and he postured up for a leg drop from the ceiling. He just let go and leg dropped him from the top of the ceiling <laughs> in the middle of the thing. And the entire place went fucking nuts. And I've never seen a cooler spot in my life with my own two eyes, let alone something that innovative actually in wrestling. I haven't seen anybody do something similar. So that was super cool. I bet that hurt his ass big time. Oh, I'm sure it did. It was probably a good 12 to 15 foot drop from the ceiling onto his butt. Uh, onto his butt? Onto his butt. I, I, live, I think the only thing, probably like in a Magnum sh- Magnum Piggy in the Bank match where they did some kind of cool ladder spot or something. I, I don't know. I got I, nothing really because none of my, none of the live events were, oh, the Usos ran by me once. They were like from here to my TV. So like the, the Usos were like eight feet away from me running and I could hear their feet stomping on the ground. <laughs> like that was cool. All right. I was <laughs> not Eric Dreher cool, but right. Yeah. That's going to be a hard one to beat <laughs> mine. We, I think we've talked about this way back on this podcast. Um, I was at the Monday night raw when gold dust and stardust took on the new age outlaws in a cage match. Cody Rhodes climbed to the top of the cage, did a moonsault and the road dog dropped him on his head. Oof. And nice catch. that, yeah, he did not catch him. It did not really make an attempt to catch him. Uh, and seeing the moonsault from the top of the cage was like, wow, holy shit, did he just die? <laughs> it, was, it, it was rough. But that was a really, really cool spot that I, that I got to see. 
Um, yeah. You know, it was a cool spot so, that I didn't get to see? ECW coming to Omaha. That I didn't get to see. I'm so real salty about that. Sorry. The the old school ECW or the uh, WWE version? TNN. Oh, wow. They had, uh, right before they closed shop, they were going to come in November of that year. And I bought tickets. And then they folded. And then <sighs> I was sad. Because I was like, I'm going to get hopped on by some Sabu and RVD is going to come and Thumbs and, R- and the fucking Dudley boys and I'm going to see it all. And no, I didn't. I didn't see it. it never happened. <laughs> That's my biggest disappointment in wrestling. All right. <laughs> at, at one of the one of the big shows, like, you know, the, uh, a, a WCW show, if they were in town or a WWE show. Did you ever see a major title change? I'm going to have to say not that I can remember, no. At a live show, no. Because usually we get shitty cards. And if we don't get shitty cards, then we get uh, a a lower tier pay-per-view, like In Your House was here. Yeah. I haven't gone to a lot of Monday Night Raws since like past 2003. I think I've probably been to four or five live events between my fandom and when it stopped in about 2002. Okay. Mike? Yeah, no. no. I I haven't seen a major title change at all. Did anything I happen at did, did anything happen at in your house that's worthy of title change? I, I know the, the ending the ending was wasn't that HBK and uh Diesel? Yeah. Isn't that where Mad Dog Vashon got his leg taken that off? That is that one. It is. That it counts. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's like a historical title change. A historical yeah, a historical thing. Okay, well then I guess I saw that. Um I saw a, for a Monday Night Raw, four diva match, a fatal four-way. It was Molly Holly, it was Lita, Jazz, and Victoria. And Ooh. Victoria won the women's title. And that was a huge deal. And Stevie Richards came out to celebrate with her. Hmm, Stevie Richards? Yeah, Stevie Richards. That's when he was uh, Victoria's boyfriend. Okay. I, I I just had a memory, and this isn't like a, a huge major thing, but this is a memory that kind of pops up in my head from time to time. And I think it was just prior, like the week before WrestleMania 20, they had like the go-home show was in Omaha for whatever reason. And it was when uh, Sable and Tori Wilson had uh, done Playboy together. Ooh. And they, they were like the, creepy. Mm. yeah, they were like the, <laughs> the, really the raw, they were like the raw girls. And so the SmackDown girls wanted to go against them in an evening gown match, but the match hadn't been signed yet. So Vince McMahon is in the ring and he's, you know, he's out there talking and like Kane comes out and he's like, you know, he's, he's talking to me. I can hear his voice in my head. And McMahon's like, God damn it. You, you're taking on the undertaker at WrestleMania. And so Kane's good, and, you know, and then uh, Stacy Keebler and uh, Miss Jackie come out. And all I remember is Stacy Keebler did cartwheels all the way around McMahon. And he had like this little kid watching the circus look on his face. He's like, and he like spins a complete 180 as she's doing cartwheels around him. And they ask for the match. He's like, you got it. You got whatever you want. You got it. So that, yeah, that's just some, and that the, her doing those cartwheels. Pops in my head from time to time, like, hey, what the fuck was all that about? But <laughs> from from our from our chat, uh, we've got 
Jericho destroys Dean Ambrose's pet plant, Mitch, which I did not know about. Uh, I said it was a yeah, horrible S. and it scarred me to this day. And then uh, on my first and memorable show would be SmackDown when Stone Cold got his eye popped out. I don't remember that either. Oh, wow. That's from our yeah, chat. I don't remember that either. Stone Cold got his eye popped out? I guess so. Cool. Yeah. And I'm sure we have the same, I'm sure we have the same uh, answer for this. Okay. What was your first re- what was your first wrestling crush? You know, to be honest, I probably have to say Sonny. I did not have a crush on Miss Elizabeth. I didn't I don't know why. I just I thought she was like like a like a princess, like untouchable, like something that they kept in a glass case. That's kind of how I felt when I was a kid. Like I felt like, like if I felt like closet. if I fawned after her, I would get beat up by Macho Man. Yeah. So I, I like, closet. yeah, I like respected her. <laughs> I never like fawned after her. I think that was like the first like professional like oh I'm gonna get with that was like Sunny. So Trish Stratus, that a boy. Okay, because I I didn't give a shit about. I wasn't really. Yeah, Elizabeth and Sunny, maybe Sherry Martell. Scary Sherry maybe. was always scary to me. I never. I was like afraid of her. All the time. Yeah, it, she was so loud like and brash. The, yeah, the first, the first, it was, it was Trish Stratus probably. I, I would have thought it would be Miss Elizabeth for all three of see? us. See, yeah. I was, I was po- possibly Miss Elizabeth, possibly Wendy Richter. Wendy Richter is a possibility yeah. as well because of the cartoon. But the other, the other one that I have that a lot of people probably wouldn't even remember, the jumping bomb angels. No idea who you're talking about. Judy Martin? No, no, those, those are the Glamour Girls. The Jumping Bomb Angels were there. They were they were not around very long, but they were on the first Survivor Series women's team. They were a Japanese women's tag team that ended up uh, dethroning the Glamour Girls for the title. Hmm. But yeah, I, I, they were very acrobatic, and I found them to be very attractive when I was a, a young man. Did not, never heard of so, them. Uh, chat says Luna Vachon. Very oh, yeah. I pick, but I'm I'm here for it. Alternative yeah. lifestyles are celebrated here on the Russian Lake Suite. Luna Luna was new. Luna, Luna was a like she she was definitely a new great titties. Let's throw it out there. Never let's, mind. let's get vile. The chat said it was a total work. They're just, out, just out there ruffling feathers. Never mind. Luna Luna she had the she had the like lightning painted on her head and shit. Yeah. I bet that was yeah, I bet that the, was a wild time. The shaved head on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's go to um <laughs> Great titties, <laughs> great ass. Now I, I know, I know, Sam. You kind of answered this already, but when you were a kid and you played wrestling, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you'd yeah. wrestle with your buddies out in the yard. Oh, okay, that that wrestling. Yeah, who who were you? Yeah, who, who was I? Um, yeah, who, like you'd say, I'm gonna. You already said you like you guys were the Moon Dogs. The Moon Dogs was who, the first thing, but yeah. like my my solo guy, I was Tito Santana yeah. all day. Nice, Dad. just saying. I had to represent yeah. for 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 my my ethnicity. Uh, I was Tito Santana. I was always Arriba all the time. <laughs> you do the mannerisms. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you do the the flying burrito forearm? Yep. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yep. Yep. Mike. They Mike? really taught us how to be racists. The, yeah, Jesse Ventura. Was very <laughs> the jumping <good>. bomb angels, <laughs> brother. <laughs> that's racist <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking the flying burrito? That ain't right either. <laughs> no, it's it was, fine. It was a, f- a flying uh, 
body press, wasn't it? Wasn't that his finisher? It was a four. It was a forearm. It was a flying forearm. Okay, I yeah. can't remember if it was a press yeah. or a forearm. Yeah. Mike, who were you when you wrestled? When I wrestled, it just depended, man. I mostly I wrestled with pillows. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And I did. I did a lot of moves on pillows. Yeah. I I, I, I had a stuffed fivel when I got when I was in second grade, and that a was, stuffed fivel. Yeah. He was he was like a four foot fivel, so it was like the perfect wrestling buddy. And, I, and his, his arms were floppy and his legs were floppy. I could put him in a in a finger four. I could do all types of moves to him. It was it was a blast. Nice. Yeah, I don't remember who I pretended to be. I just fucking would wrestle pillows for hours at a time, though. I I was I was a pillow wrestler as well, and I would do the old school rope walk across the headboard of my bed before <laughs> this is decades before the undertaker did it i did it i climb up on my bookcase i'd step over onto the headboard of my bed i'd kind of shimmy across there and then i come flying off and like with a punch or, or something yeah Busta but moose says be... he was king kong bundy and, and, okay, I, and nice. I said he still is <laughs> i was i was piper nice yeah. roddy roddy piper because i had this little microphone that when you push the button, it would transmit to uh, an AM radio station. You'd like set it on like what it, they had a frequency you'd set it on. Right, right, right. And it'd be like a little shortwave thing. And so I cut out cardboard and I put the WWF logo like Piper had on his microphone. Nice. And I would do Piper's Pit and then I would go wrestle and I would tie two flannel shirts around my waist. <laughs> One, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I would take off my pants. So I just have underwear on underneath of this and I would wrestle in this. And then eventually I was told I needed to wear shorts instead of my <laughs> underwear. <laughs> you know, I used to wear bandanas around maybe with the early rockers. Maybe that, okay. maybe that was something that I did because I, I had a lot of bandanas. I wore bandanas. Did you wear them around your leg? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was like Motley Crue, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing in the late eighties, early nineties. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh let's well well okay we'll, we'll piggyback off that if you could pick a manager who would your manager be Ooh, the doctor of style slick <laughs> right off the top of your head you've been thinking mm -hmm. about this mm -hmm. my whole life mikey i'm gonna have to have you go because i need to think about this well i probably i i probably would have, would have had three three that i would have selected Captain Lou, just because I love the rubber bands and just how he was crazy and would just jabber. And so Captain Lou, Bobby the Brain, just because it was Bobby the Brain, or Classy Freddie Blassie, because I loved how he would, he was just an ass. He'd come out and be like, listen, you pencil neck geek, we're going to, you know, we're going to do this. And then he would, he always had the cane that he would, he would smack him with. And Fuji could, Fuji could be in there too, because of the same thing, the cane. Issue. The bottom line for Mikey is he wanted a manager. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else better. Manager. <laughs> he, uh, you know, Freddie Blassie had the best, like, suits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a Hollywood fashion plate. Yeah, he, except for he was more like the Miami retired flash, fashion plate. You know, I'm, I I'm more like. I figured it out. I figured it out. Who is it? It's Kim Chi. <laughs> I think okay. it would be Kim Chi because I always thought he was like, who is this dude? He's so just mysterious and is he out there hunting people i don't get it like what's what's his deal he's on safari yeah he's on safari for people like yeah but he just got kamala 
you know, yeah. it's fine. But yeah, and, I, and I, eventually Sika. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. You are correct. They 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 had that yeah, little mini stage. And the wizard, the wizard Curtis Ayakea, was also his. Uh, the he co-managed. I was saying, didn't didn't they like give up? The contract, one way or the other, it was like the wizard had Kamala and gave him to Kimchi, or Kimchi gave him to the wizard. I thought it was something like that. The wizard was the manager. Kimchi was the handler. Okay. Kimchi was the one that could speak to him. Thank you. I, I yeah, something like that. I knew it was something like that. But Wait. he didn't talk. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so weird. Uh, okay. You got to handle. Right. We are gonna we're gonna go to um, like some of our opinions on. What was your favorite era of wrestling? Your favorite oh, time period in wrestling? 1996 to 2005. So roughly Two. like a- attitude era, ruthless yeah. aggression type era? Okay. Yeah, right up until about ruthless. It was so fun to have ECW, WCW, and WWF to watch every week. And it, it was just a blast. Steve Austin, The Rock, like all, all those things are just... And plus I was you know, fresh out of high school, be rowdy with my buddies. That, that was my, we had pay-per-view parties every single pay-per-view. That that was it. I love that shit. I'm going to have to echo that same statement just because of the fact that I did the same thing. We would have our backyard wrestling matches at 11 a.m. And we would go till about two or three. Then we'd go get some dinner. And then we'd come back and watch the pay-per-view. That was like our ritual every month. We would have the backyard nice. show in the afternoon. Foods, pay-per-view, and plus that was also like the infancy of the internet where I was starting to get into uh, New Japan, FMW, Wing. Uh, that to me, when, when I found out that there was ultra-violent wrestling outside of what we had here, that blew my fucking mind. So I was like, I was buying tapes from, uh, oh, I can't think of the fucking place, High Spots. I was buying type, tapes from High Spots. I was watching cool ass wrestling on TV. I was wrestling in the backyard. I want to say it was kind of comparable to as a kid when I came up in the eighties because it was just everything was new. But I think I the most enjoyment and my dick was in the Kool Aid, not JYD, of wrestling <laughs> was <laughs> was the the ninety eight to two thousand like that was like wrestling prime. I think so. Yeah, that's gonna be my answer. That's a, that, that might be the last tradition that I actually did that I cared about more than Christmas, more than, more than my yearly like meals and shit like that. The last thing that I was, re- was wrestling pay-per-view with my buddies. Yeah. That was, that was, that was real family gathering time. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah. I go back further than that. Like I do with everything. Um, because I'm old. Uh, <laughs> The rock and wrestling era for me, the the eighties, yeah. because everything from probably you know nineteen eighty nineteen eighty one, you know I would have been like five four or five years old, up until maybe WrestleMania three, I think was like that was it for me because it was it was new a lot of change was going on, uh, you're getting geared up for WrestleMania which the original WrestleMania card is a worse card. Than we see on Monday Night Raw right, these days. Right. It was just an eh, there's there's a show, but it's a huge thing. But you had the celebrities just starting to come in. Cindy Lauper, uh, Mr. T. I was a big fan there, and all the crossovers that were going on. That's my favorite 
era. And that's what I go back to and watch now. And that makes sense. I mean, it would be my favorite era as well if I didn't, if I hadn't become an adult. Like, because that's when I first, like, got out of the house. It's when I first started paying my own bills and doing shit. Like, I could, I could, I was wrestling unhinged. Like, I could do wrestling 24 hours a day as opposed mm-hmm. to a kid. I could only do wrestling, like, when my parents said, okay, you can watch wrestling. Or, okay, you can go to your friend's house. I think that's my only uh, caveat to, to, to rival the reason why I like it as I became older is because I could just do wrestling unadulterated as opposed to a kid. You know, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, wrestling on my parents' time and or when I hung out with my friends, like as Mike said, you know, I could invite all my friends over. We could have fucking parties over wrestling and shit. I think that's the only reason why it ranks just slightly above because of course, as a kid, you yeah. had superstars. I agree completely. Yeah, you I had agree superstars completely. when you were a kid. You had Saturday night's main event. You had the rock and wrestling and sat on Saturday morning. So like, those were good times, and I look back fondly on them, but I think just because I was older and I could do whatever the fuck I wanted with wrestling, I think that's why it's a li- just a li- – it's like this. You know, it's not far. Okay, yeah. So That makes sense. Yeah. What – think of territories, or it, it could be a wrestling company. It could be territories. What's your favorite of all – you know, all time? What's your favorite territory or, or promotion? Mike, or do you need a minute? Because I have my answer. I, it had to be ECW. It, like all that stuff was really cool, but like, how can you not say WWF, WWE? Because I mean, right. I don't. That kind of counts as the territory, but like we were, we were right after the territory days. Mm-hmm. So I don't really, I, I, I can't, I, I can't answer that the best way. Like indie, indie promotion wise, like I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like early WCW days were really fun when they were in the, like on TV when they had like folding chairs in the audience and they would t- like I really liked that when I was young. I, I I remember Greg Valentine and like Ric Flair and and I Cactus Jack. I really remember that with like that early WCW. But there's there's little parts of the the major promotions that I really enjoy, and ECW is like the first first taste of what indie wrestling was, I think. Because there wasn't a lot of indie wrestling around here until Maury made right. made, made OWA. And I, I had no idea about that at all. So, like, yeah, just the, just the major ones for me. So, my mine, mine is easily ECW, but I don't want to make that my answer. Um, ECW has changed the face of wrestling. Everything is because of like WWE wouldn't have changed course to what they did. WCW wouldn't have done what they did. You know, they kept farming from ECW. Like we're going to steal your ideas. We're going to steal your wrestlers and we're going to put it on a bigger platform, but I'm going to go a bit differently because as an, I mean, as an adult, I, I absolutely love ECW. And when I watched impact just the other day, they, they sucked ECW's dick on impact. Like we're, we're at 2300 arena where, Little Guido's here. There's an ECW chant, and you still get ECW chants to this day. Yep. But uh, as an adult now, I do see like where where uh, Paul Heyman stole his shit from, and which I do become I have become quite a fan of too. FMW from Tier Martial Arts Wrestling, ran by of course Onita. Um, that was your ultra dangerous wrestling. Like this is where ECW copied their stuff from. Was from Onita. And brought all their ideas and Americanized it. Kind of went deathmatch light. No rules except for the pinfall. Um, just cool characters. Edgy angles. You know, FMW, I believe, 
was because they did a lot of business back and forth between the two companies. Paul would send a couple guys there. They would send a couple guys over here. And I just loved FMW. The just, you know, my favorite wrestlers from there. They did amazing death matches. Uh, Mike Awesome came from there. Just, I, I loved FMW. It was one of my favorite promotions other outside of ECW. Of course, my top answer is going to be ECW just because they were the complete game changer. But I just wanted to offer a different perspective than what my good friend Mike said. So I'll just say FMW. I actually thought of two other things, too, while you were talking. OVW was really cool. I was really into OVW because it made me feel like a smart fan. Yeah, like, for, yeah because, because you would, like, see people before you see people. Right. It was the minor oh, leagues, yeah. and then, like, Jim Cornette was running it, and it, they had a cool little website, and, like, they were mentioned in the wrestling mags and stuff. And then, uh, I don't want to, like, XPW. XPW was definitely ECW light, but, like I said last episode, man, I love hard music porn and wrestling <laughs> like those are, <laughs> right. it, it, and that's that's exactly what he, XPW was and I love that shit like I loved XPW so much that I figured out what Extreme Associates was <laughs> and I went to the Adult Emporium and bought Extreme Associates DVDs so like, <laughs> like XPW definitely had an impact on my life and my porn selection so shout out to them too you like, know, you, you you have to of course, WWF was the product that we had available to us right. here. So that, that that has an impact on on what what we like. ECW as well, you know. So I have to give them shout outs because you know both of them because that's what kind of what I grew up on. But looking at the territories, AWA is one of my favorites to go back and watch, and um, Mid South. Yeah, if you want to go retro, 100% Mid-South. I I thought Mid-South was really cool. Yeah, and and that's where a a lot of the people that became megastars, you know, Ted DiBiase, uh, Hacksaw Duggan, Mm -hmm. uh, JYD, that's where they kind of came from. Right. Um, And the other one I want to give a shout out to. In retrospect, absolutely. Like, I understand that, like, also uh, Smoky Mountain. That was was what I was going to say. That was the other one. Yep. Thank you. Yep. But that's the stuff I found out later on. Right, right. Like right. Late, later and, on in my fandom. And NWA, which kind of, you know, the, the Jim Crockett area, which kind of became WCW. Yep. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff is amazing when you go back and watch it. And the stories that they were telling is awesome. So, I mean, those old school territories, if you really get into them, some of those, of course, all the storylines have been borrowed. Yeah. They're, they're doing yeah. them. They're doing them now. The they're still stories doing over and over yeah, and they over. About a seven year cycle. Yep. They'll. Mm-hmm. You know, a 10 year cycle, they'll bring them back. They just change the color. That's all they do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Who is, your opinion, the most underrated or underutilized wrestler ever? Hakushi. Somebody that should have had a bigger impact. Hakushi. That... Hakushi. Jin, yeah. Jin Saisenzaki. Yeah. Hakushi. Yep. Okay. 100%. When you watch that man work in WWF, Amazing, solid talent could put anybody over if he could have spoke English well, because I know he, he 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 spoke enough to be able to work. And if he could have cut promos, I think that could have been your first Asian descent champion of any sort. It's it's too bad that he couldn't get over that hurdle. But he was he was uh, when he came to the ring, he was mystical. He had this aura about him. You didn't. You were like, what is he about? And then he had his cool body tattoos going on. 
His yep. he was the first person to uh, walk the ropes, and not only walk the ropes, but walk them way cooler than Undertaker ever thought he could. He did the the one handed thing, and he you know it was fucking amazing. To me, he is one of the most all time slept on wrestlers. And then when you watch him work in FMW, bro, off the fucking leash, just amazing stuff. Amazing, amazing stuff. Shout out to Hakushi. Hakushi Bret Hart. That was a match of the year for 95. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, he was was so different. Yeah. Going back to 1995, when he showed up in 1995, I just don't think that they knew what to do. No, they didn't. (laughs) Like, like they had no idea what to do with him because he was he was so different that they didn't understand that he was good. Maybe I don't I don't know. And you got to think too uh, at, at that time, you know, wrestling stereotypes were still the thing. Like, here's this mystical man from the far east who doesn't speak English, so we yeah. won't push him to the moon. He'll just juggle the mid card a bunch. Yeah. Who, who you got? Most Mike? under underutilized wrestler in history. God, I don't I don't know, man. Well, um, I, I, I mean, I can go while you think. Go ahead. Haku. Yeah. 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 yeah I agree with that one. Too. Haku, the man is, uh, I mean, in all his different, you know, personalities that he, he portrayed, you know, King Tonga, Haku, Ming. He didn't ever really rise. I mean, he got a title reign as hardcore champion. He got a tag title reign later in his career with Andre. If they would have utilized him to his realistic potential, the guy could have been world champion. He could have been and Roman been a, Reigns before Roman Reigns. Absolutely. He could have been a devastating champion because he is a legit badass, and he strikes fear into me to this day. Everyone who is sitting in this podcast right now is afraid of that man. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We're, Haku, yeah I, we're respectfully yeah. afraid of him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You call him sir. Yeah, I would. 100%. I did several times. All right, thank you, sir. <laughs> I think maybe it, I'm going to say in the WWF, okay. not overall, because like you can look back at these guys' guys' careers, Dusty Rhodes and RVD, and their their WWF runs are so shitty, subpar yeah. compared to what they could have been. Dusty Rhodes got got the shaft, man. That's what he got. For, for like, he 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 should have been a world champion. Maybe Dustin Rhodes. Too like he's yeah. never he's they never they could have used his name and I think he was money like that was money that could have been made rather than putting the gold dust gimmick on him even though that's iconic and then RVD but you got they kind you of gotta think though, with him my opinion of RVD and the WWE is they they gave us RVD medium like mm-hmm. he got he got really over like he got a oh yeah he a he world cha- yeah, how many championship runs did he have three. Something couple, like yeah. So I mean, well, he was a dual. He was he was a dual champion at one point. Yeah. So and if he wouldn't have got caught smoking weed, right, I, by I, the cops, I definitely he would have had a longer reign. One hundred percent. I think if if we could have got RVD like full, bro, the game the game again would have changed. He should have main evented WrestleMania. Yeah, like that. that that's my well, because he was the biggest star of pro wrestling. You got it in like '98 when in ECW when he was the television champion. The television title was more important than the, the, than heavyweight, the heavyweight title in ECW. Yep. And then he, when he went to WWF, it was maybe Taz too. Like I hate to throw Taz in there because I'm a Taz Mark, but 
I'm what st- about I'm hook st- talking this week? I'm, Let's jump into that. I'm still a Taz Mark. Like, I still wish Pete would yeah. get in the ring. There, He was the most intimidating small guy ever made. Like, mm-hmm. he's ba- oh, yeah. he was basically Ming in a five foot nine frame. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I wish things would have turned out different for him because he should have been pushed to the moon. The most miserable, intimidating son of a bitch in wrestling, Pete Taz, whatever the fuck his last name is. I can't remember his last name is offhand. Yeah. And he started off big. Like, he beat fucking Kurt Angle. Yeah, that his was debut a, match. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then from then on, he got nothing. I agree with your assessment, Mike. Thank you for the, that. Uh, I want to talk about, I'm jumping here, but like last night on Rampage, Hook spoke. I missed that. I, I have to watch that. Yet. I it's on my DVR. Yeah. So well, I'm. It brought back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's already spoiled yeah. that he spoke. But like, um, he Danhausen crunched up a bunch of chips, and then Hook came around the corner. He was getting interviewed, and then he Danhausen's like, "Oh, this is how you like your precious chips," and he starts stomping on these chips, and then Hook fucking p- p- pins him up against the wall, and he's like. You wanted my attention? You got it now. And he sounded exactly like you wanted to sound like a handsome boy. And uh, so like Hook and Dan Housen is, yeah, like handsome Tom Holland. Super handsome. And, but uh, it brought back a, ch- a horrible childhood memory that I wanted to share with you guys earlier before <laughs> Sam like brought to another horrible childhood memory out. But like Dan Housen stomping on the chips reminded me of a time when I was like seven or eight and me and my mom woke up and this is when we lived across the street from Levitt. So I was young and my stepdad was pissed about something. I don't know what it was, but he took a whole box of those fucking cookies. You know, maybe this is why I don't like those frosting cookies that are so delicious that come out from like Ivy. They're really not that delicious, but go ahead. But yeah, they're like soft and whatever, but right. he took a whole fucking box of those and like stomped them into the carpet and left the house. But why? And we woke up. I don't know. I don't remember. But my mom, I just remember my mom like, what in the fuck? And we were, but we, me and her just laughed our asses off as we vacuumed up this fucking stomped in fucking thing. And it just reminded me of Dan House and stomping on the chips. And then fucking Hook going to take on Dan House and his chip stomping. So I'm like, whoop his ass, Hook. No. I can't believe you're turning your back on Dan Housen because of yeah, your childhood memories. You it's my dad's bitch. fault. It is. It's my dad's <laughs> fault. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I, shout I just, out to Taz. All right. I've, I've got just a few more, few more questions that I've prepared here. Okay. All right. Let's do this one. Your favorite wrestler cameo in a movie doesn't necessarily have to be a starring role. It can just be a, a cameo. It could be a favorite wrestler appearance in a movie. That's easy for me because I'll mark Hulk it. Hogan and the Gremlins and recently Barry Horowitz in that Joe Diffie video. There you go. <laughs> I'm not mad at that Hulk Hogan pick because I marked the fuck out when I saw that in the theater with yeah. Chris Bell so when I. I was like 12. <laughs> I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is awesome. Um, this is also probably the funniest cameo, in my opinion, because it makes no fucking sense. There is a wrestling <laughs> movie called Backyard Dogs. Hayabusa is in it. Doesn't say a fucking word. He's just in it for no fucking reason. So there's that. Backyard Dogs. Yes. Yeah. I've never heard of this. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's it's it was when it was at the the heyday of backyard wrestling when we, uh, the game came out and it was you know the hotbed news item across 
United States. And then they made a, a, a fake movie about backyard wrestling. It was like drama and the guy. I believe it stars the the Black Ranger from uh, Power Rangers. He's the star trying to break out of the backyard and become a real wrestler. And I believe Dude, we have to watch this. I believe like yeah, Hi- I, Hayabusa. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I believe I Hayabusa is like wrestling in the background of one of the the. The matches as he goes into the the training school, if I remember correctly. But this is prior paralyzation. Yeah. Well, no shit, asshole. <laughs> dick. I I would have to say, uh, Terry Funk, in any number of his cameos he's done, he's always amazing. Roadhouse was great. Roadhouse. Yeah. His cameo in the Johnny Knoxville film, The Ringer. Yeah. Was good. I enjoyed that. What he part, was what the, part was the, he in the ringer? Because me and my wife just watched this the other day, and I forgot. He was the bookie's uh, muscle. Was he? Yeah, he was the bookie's muscle. <laughs> Damn, was he? I don't remember. Well, because me and my he, wife are always like, when the fuck did we get ice cream? Yeah. It's like, let's like, <laughs> we say that back to each other around. When the fuck did we get ice cream? <laughs> I, I enjoyed Stan Hansen in No Holds Barred. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, the teeny weeny line. Mm-hmm. Um. And I had one other one. Oh, yeah. Uh, any of the number of wrestlers that appeared in uh, the the Big Money Wrestlers in the ICW. <laughs> oh, kind of, you know, JCW. Let's uh, indie pros, indie <laughs> territories. Old mud. Bug. JCW. Oh yeah. yeah. You gotta love them. <laughs> here's Big here's kind of a, a hard one. It's going to be interesting to to hear. Okay. Um. So we're familiar with the WCW invasion angle that they did after Vince bought purchased WCW. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And we know how horrible it was and how, how poorly it was handled. What is one thing that you would have changed that would have made that invasion angle better? Look at my lips flap. That was cool. Okay. If you guys want to think, I've got mine. Okay. Go. All right. I would not have made DDP the stalker of Undertaker's wife. That was weird. Just because weird it was dumb. weird and DDP was so over. Why not make DDP... The leader, DDP and Booker T could have been the leaders of the invasion because they were the two big stars that came over. The rest, they had, you know, like Mike Sanders, they had Sean O'Hare, they had uh, Jindrak, uh, uh, Stasiak, uh, Meat. Meat. Yeah, they had those guys. Why not make those two the leaders and like Mike Awesome being their their big heavy? You know... I, I I don't know where I would I, that's that's a deep question to me because there's so many things that they could have done. There's so much it was wrong. Um, I really don't want to tackle this question. I'm I'm just gonna dip my toe into this pond and I'm gonna say they missed opportunities with putting Canyon in the right place. And that's another person I would like to say who is highly misused and, and underrated Absolutely. of all time. Um, I would have definitely liked to see Canyon in a prevalent role. Of some sort, whether if it would have been for WCW and or, you know, just doing something in the WWE. But, uh, yeah, I, I really don't know how to answer that question because there's a lot of ways they could have went and, and done a lot better. And actually, in my opinion, there's no reason. So you've got Raw and SmackDown as your brands. So there's no reason why there couldn't have been a, a WCW, a WWE, and an ECW brand where they could have just separated and kept them. The way they were, just different shows, yeah, yeah, just different yeah. shows, and they fucking they really dropped the ball with that, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. That's that's a, that's a really interesting question. I would I would want to think on that one. I think Jindrak and O'Hare should have been pushed to the moon. Like I think those were the two, like 
five tool players that they that they obtained. Yeah, and if you it, notice, it, like when WCW is like at the end of its life, like they had some yeah. really young up and coming guys like playing upper mid upper card. Yeah. Which Elix Skipper is yeah, one that didn't get a good. Oh yeah, good. One. He was exactly. dope in WCW, and he yeah. never. And they just shit on him. They're like, mm-hmm. "Fuck you!" I was like, they had a really neat set of guys that were in about their twenty six to twenty two years of age. Where are they now? Yeah, no one knows. They're just gone. It's really they, weird. yeah. They really obtained a lot of good young talent that didn't just got shit on. That didn't do anything, and and it's just because you know what it, it's. WWF pride is really what his like everything that you mentioned right there. They could have bought the products that they bought and just used those brands, and I think they would have really made more money instead of like intertwining everything and then not using the people that weren't homegrown. Yeah, that's really like that's why Batista instead of Jindrak were in Revolution or whatever or Evolution or whatever it was, and like they they. They just missed a lot of opportunities out of what what came across what comes across to me in hindsight as just these weren't our people that we that we grew like the only people that had major success in my opinion would have been uh, Ray Mysterio because he, he's still going and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Booker T Booker T was the yeah. I think those two are the only people who were really survived out of the whole thing and I think they didn't bring you know you can't say Ric Flair. Or well, no, they, yeah, because he they, was there earlier the, twice. Well, and the, so, and the yeah. but it was also the grudge, like they didn't bring back the big names. Yeah, well, the, well like because they were all tied up with contracts with Turner Broadcasting, they were not part of WCW. Right, Their they could have walked away through. from those contracts, and yeah. they went to. Went, but it what Vince didn't make it lucrative enough, lucrative enough for them to walk away from that money. Yeah, and it could have been much more effective if he was if he just coughed up the dough right maybe i don't i mean but there's so many factors in it that you know just kind of have to take what we got i guess yeah i would have had like a big super card i guess for the three brands Mm -hmm. champions champions you know mix it up a little bit and then make the brand separate they should have never could have been wrestlemania yeah wrestlemania was your your super card every year yeah you could have the three brands come together big fights cool things could have wcw ecw and wwe separate and, and that gives the opportunity cool. to make so many more superstars. Yeah. And they right. could all like, had their own, like, you still could have mm-hmm. kept WCW as they kept their shows. You know, their shows are a little more older style. You could have kept ECW as the wild brand, and then you could have kept WWE as as your big superstar brand. Can you imagine if they just kept the brands the same and then with WWF's organization? Right. Like, organizational oh skills. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if, you, if you keep the products exactly the same... Use the corporate ideology of WWF and the wrestling knowledge, mm-hmm. and you keep the three. Fr- it would still be going today, bro. Yeah, because it because it separates it separates all three flavors, mm-hmm. and then there's different flavors for it. That that was a big. There would have been no need to watch any other wrestling at all. I've never no. thought about that before, and it's a total yeah. My they could have three three shows a week, and there would be no yeah no competition. And then occasionally you could have someone cross over. Like, oh, shit, yep. guess who showed up in WCW last week? Yeah, Not just have this mindless integration of everybody all the way, all the time. It's just like, they should do that right now. Yeah, they could. They own they the own fucking everything. rights. Just do it right now. Right. Just do yeah. that right fucking now. I would become a fan again. It who would invigorate. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It would just reinvigorate the entire product. And their their that roster that they had that was so swollen, it 
everyone, Tony everyone Khan, would have homes. Spread it, yeah. spread it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. would have homes. Everybody gets an opportunity to give it. Like, and it, it sounds communist, but like at the same time, <laughs> I just think there's way more money to be made. Anyway, yeah. anyway, what, what's next, Mike? Who do you think deserved a world title run that never got it? You could say, you know, they never got this title. You know, they should have had the WWF title or they just never had a major world title and they should have got it. Canyon. Hands down. Cody oh. Rhodes should have the WWF oh, title. I'm sorry. Chris Canyon. Yeah. Chris Canyon. Okay. And then Mike said Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes? Yep. I think that Dusty Owen, Hart, o- Owen Hart should have taken the belt off of Brett. That would have been a great story. And it would have been fun to watch Brett chase it. Yeah. I'm sure that was going to happen. That had to be happening. That had to be in their plan somewhere. Yeah, that that would have been a great program, I think. Okay, two more. All right. We'll go with we'll go with the deeper one first, and then we'll we'll end with the with the funner one that we can do some some uh, impersonations and things. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What moment in history do you feel was the most impactful to the business? Ooh, it's going to have to be. Vince's whole ideology of WrestleMania because that, okay. that, you know, sans ECW, that's the biggest moment in wrestling history, in my opinion. Him actually poning up his own money and trying to make this work and believing in everything he fucking, every ounce of his fucking being and going forward hell or high water and going in debt to make it happen. And this is the vision and this is how wrestling is going to work. And it fucking did. That's how wrestling works yep. now. That to me is probably the biggest. Two, I mean, two thoughts for me. One bad, one good is when WWE went completely and totally corporate when they went public. Yeah, I think that that destroyed the product that they had built that made everyone such a ravenous fan. Yep. And then also, ECW based based on the outline that Sam laid out earlier, that everything that wrestling is based off of now is ECW. And Paul Heyman's ideas. So, like the, the Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon's the most important wrestler, most important human being in the history of pro wrestling. Then below Vince McMahon is Paul Heyman. Yep. Right, and then before Vince McMahon, who was was it like fucking Bill Watts or something? I don't know. Rocket but like maybe. Yeah. in in our in our lifetime, it was it's been Vince McMahon and then Paul Heyman and then I don't know if Tony Khan is. For the kids, like that's our that's our next big guy. But yeah, I think those are the two moments outside of what Sam just mentioned with Vince McMahon. It's when WWF became a, a public publicly traded company and the birth of ECW. I appreciate that that opposite view of of the corporate WWE because that is one hundred percent accurate. I agree. Yeah. Mine kind of piggybacks off of both ears, but it goes back further. <laughs> Here goes Mike. <laughs> I think when Vince, we call him Vince Jr. Yep. When he took over from Vince Sr. and started buying up all the territories and robbing all the talent and basically killed the territory system. Yep. I think that was probably one of the most impactful things because that birthed WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Because WrestleMania, Vince did go into debt and he gave all of his money, but also what helped finance WrestleMania is... He had some TV time that in, in Crockett's territory. He sold it back to Crockett for a million bucks. 
use that money to finance WrestleMania and put Crockett out of business. I I remember I remember hearing yes. Jim Cornette speak about this. I rem, if I remember yes. correctly, he was talking yeah. about buying time in Crockett's division and then selling it back. To- yep, <laughs> I was like, that's gangster. Yep. So gangster. Yeah. So so that that is probably one of the the most impactful things I think to the the business today. Something else, and this is more modern, but the birth of the NWO. Yeah. Because that proved that anything, absolutely anything, can happen in the business because the golden boy Hulk Hogan went heel. Yeah. And nobody nobody saw that coming. They didn't even know who it was going to be. And day of the show, it was supposed to be Sting. Yeah. It was supposed to be Sting, and that's who they were kind of, you know, that's who they were strapping the rocket to. And Hogan said, "Wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be that guy. I would, I would do it because his name was in the mix, and he's like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And all of a sudden, he's like, Wait a minute, I see what's going on here. I want to do it. I yeah. want to do it. And I just watched a program on it on on." The, aspect of it and it really kind of changed my mind because that proved that anything can happen and where you think things are going not that's where like this big swerve came in it's not necessarily what you think's happening it can be whatever they decide on the fly and i've got a question will we ever see anything like that again i think you think there the the industry as a whole could pull the wool over our eyes again I don't think so. Not with the way that the internet and the some some of the people that have the rumor mill going are actually getting information somewhere. They have to. There are some that are complete bullshit. Yeah. Every time, <clears throat> and they don't know how to clean their office. And <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out to Dave. And yeah, and then there are some that they if they say it, you're pretty good chances it's going to happen because they have an insider somewhere. They just haven't figured out a, they haven't figured out who the mole is or it is corporate giving them, Hey, Hey, yeah, here's a little, here's a, here's a little tidbit. Take this and run with it. And then they'll say, well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Bam. It happens. Well, shit. Where'd that information come from? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think the internet's it. The, Advances in the internet have ruined that aspect of the business. And I think we're all waiting for that moment to happen again. It's like Tony Khan is a big announcement. You're like, oh my God, it's going to shake up the entire game. Oh, it's just a joint yeah. card. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think we're all chasing that, that similar high for wrestling. So that's, I think that's why everyone in this podcast gets jazzed for like, oh my God, did you hear what might be happening? Because we're waiting for mm-hmm. that moment again. We're waiting because... Nothing will ever top that, I don't think. And I, I, I've thought about this question a lot. I'm like, can the wool be pulled over our eyes? I think it could, just, but it has to be to the. Uh, uh, I mean, there was rumors, you know, the Hardys were coming back to to WrestleMania that year. Like we all, we were all like, are they coming? Are they coming? They might, they might be. No one really knew, and then it happened. And I think that's the only thing that's ever come remotely close to to flipping everyone's lid. And I think if they actually tried and wanted to i think they probably could but will they think of that grandiose idea where it flips the script again i don't know if they have that type of creative in them they're carnival people yeah they, people in charge yeah so they could it could i mean I, yeah. I i i hope for it that one day one day we all get the wool pulled over our eyes 
the dragon we chase. Yeah. <laughs> Come catch me. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, last one. Last one. And have, have fun with this one. Okay. What is your favorite promo ever cut? <laughs> That's easy for me. Go for it. Grab the wheel. Hulk. Hogan. Spiral <laughs> out of control to the nosedive. I, I fucking love that promo to no end. And have you seen the YouTube video where the guy takes his quotes and turns them into heavy metal songs? <laughs> yes. It is yes. the best thing ever. He samples the phrases from oh my God. what Ultimate Warrior says is and, and turns them into black metal songs. It's fucking phenomenal because that's all he's that's all he's saying. He's saying epic pointless shit. That's all he's saying. And I love it. I'm here for the insanity. It is fucking as a kid it was captivating, and now as an adult, it's twice as captivating because Jim Helwig, you're out of your fucking mind, but it's fucking great. What the fuck were you saying, man? Yeah. Yeah. What, what the hell did that mean? Fucking just ultimate, every Ultimate Warrior promo, like after his first year, is just fucking gold. For me, it's recently changed. Because uh, initially, my favorite promo of all time is the Booker T, Sensational Sh- Sherry, Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you. I thought that was, I think that I laughed so hard when it happened. I still laugh when, (laughs) like, Booker T losing his fucking, (laughs) but ultimately, the best thing for me is, it's because of a meme. It's Randy Savage and Sherry Martell, and it's like, when me and my girl get kicked out of Applebee's (laughs) after happy hour, and they're just like, wah, 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 and going back, like, screaming and yelling, and I'm just like, this is the best thing that's ever fucking happened. I, I have a couple. One is very old school, and well, they're, they're both older, but one is extremely old school. Uh, and it's the, uh, you work at a company for 35 years, and they come to you and they say, here's a gold watch, and they kick you in the butt, and they say, I'm sorry, a machine just took your job. That's hard times, baby. <laughs> I love the hard times right. promo. That's why I didn't say it because I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> the other one, and, and it's a series of, of promos of Randy Savage in the, you know, when he was Intercontinental Champion in that era of the, you know, the early 80s, um, where he would just drag random props. He'd like grab something on his way to speak to Mean Gene. And he'd walk in and, and it would be like, Randy Savage, why do you have a garbage can? Because like, Tito Santana's garbage, and I'm throwing him out. And he'd throw it over his shoulder, and Mean Gene's ducking for cover. Or, why do you have a broom? Sweeping up the competition. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course, it's the, the, the sleight of hand that he does with the cream rises to the top, and he's always got that little creamer, and he'd, he'd hold it up, and pretty soon it'd be on his head. Pretty soon it would be, you know, he'd do something that's like in the cream, right? He always, he would be talking with his hands and, and pretty soon it's like, and then the cream rises to the top. And it's like, where the fuck did that come from? How did Randy Savage learn magic? You know, <laughs> uh, Busta Moose said Macho Man's cream rises to the top promo like five minutes before you started your rant. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, it, Savage and his, his prop work in the early 80s, because, you know, he also had the, uh, he came in and he's like, Randy Savage, what are you drinking? I'm just having a cup of coffee in the big time. Oh, yeah. You know, and then he'd throw, he'd throw a cup of coffee over his shoulder and it's like, gee, and me and Gene always ducking for cover. Honorable mention, not the best promo. Shout out to Kim Patera. Yeah. 
Ken Patera, where Mean Gene laughs so hard he has to hide behind him and hold the microphone over his shoulder because he says his promo and it's mumbled. And so he just starts it over and says it, and then he does it again and says it louder. I just TikToked that like a week ago. I have not seen awesome. this. I need to see it. <laughs> Ken Patera oh, is the beautiful. worst promo in history. Yes. Now, Basically, so, I think the top, the top four promo guys in history are the Ultimate Warrior, Randy, <laughs> Randy Savage. You have to throw Steve Austin and Jake Roberts in there. Maybe and Ric Flair, of course. Ric, Ric Flair. Any, yeah. Anything Ric Flair did was was absolutely wonderful. The I Space like Mountain Ric promo changed yep. my life. Yep. Oldest li- oldest ride, longest line. Woo! <laughs> Anytime that Flair was going insane and started disrobing and dropping elbows on his clothing in the ring. Gold. Now, the sidebar to, to the Randy Savage thing, one of my favorite things of all time, and it was either he was about to join the NWO or he just became NWO, and he arrives in his car, and he walks out of the car, and he's like, oh, I'm here to wrestle. i got to get my bag. And he, that's, <laughs> that's all he says. And he walks through the trunk, and he, and I was like, why did he do this? Got to get my bag. So then me and my buddy Eric, uh, Eric Drew, we always go, oh. Has he called you once this show? No, not at all. I called you. These were the ducks, and the ducks go quack, quack. When we would always do that, like, <laughs> got to get my bag, and the ducks, and then they go quack, quack. So the, it's just <laughs> one of my favorite things of, of, of promo work is, Get 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 my bag. I'm like, was was what? that the promo where he brings his bag to the ring? Yes. And there was a contortionist woman in there. I, I don't re- and she unfolds herself and dumps a bucket of shit on him. Might have been. I don't remember. I just remember he had to get his bag out of the back of the car. I don't know what this was. And he brought it to the <laughs> ring. And I don't remember what happened. But I just remember he had he, he had the ducks yeah. and they were quacking. He had he had this gym bag. And he sets it down in the ring, and then he's talking, he's calling somebody out because there had been a uh, 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 septic tank truck, a shit pumping truck. Like the previous week, they pulled, I can't remember who it was, I think it might have been Kevin Nash even. He pulled it up to his limo, put the hose into the sunroof, and dumped the contents of this septic tank truck onto Team Macho. In the you know, so Gorgeous George, right. Medusa, um, Miss Madness, they come pouring out. They're covered in shit and with corn and all that. <laughs> so Savage brings a bucket of shit to the ring with his bag, sets it all down. And as he's calling Nash or whoever out to fight him, the bag starts moving. And this small woman unfolds herself out of the bag, stands up. And she's like, Grabs the bucket, dumps it over his head, and, and powders out of the ring and takes off. It might have been that same promo because yeah, I remember I, they I think it was they made like I'm why why bag. do we care about Macho Man getting a fucking bag out of the trunk? It was so awkward. Like oh, Macho's yeah. arriving in the building. Get to get my bag. Like, yeah. Okay, bro, get your bag. Yeah. I don't think he was talking about his gym bag. He was talking about his, the his bag where the ducks his do little, go little. quack. Cocaine. His little, his little bag of marching powder. Now, <laughs> that's my promo I, powder. I want to throw this out, Sam. Your Macho Man impersonation has overtaken your King Gordy impersonation. Oh, is my you. favorite one that you do. Appreciate that. Um, nice, Gordy. I mean, I have to listen to King Gordy to get into King Gordy mode. So, <laughs> but yeah, four Corvettes. <laughs> so those but, are the uh, questions that I prepared. Actually, one one more promo I want to bring up that I don't think we've ever talked about. 
what about when Vince McMahon <laughs> he injected the poison of the NWO into the yes. WWF? That series of promos throughout those couple of weeks, and when he turns the chair around and he's like, just that is one of my favorite, most underrated things that Vince McMahon ever did was injecting the poison. Got a story about that? <laughs> Do you? So, I heard Bruce Pritchard talking about this. So McMahon had this idea, and he's like, I'm just, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, here's what I need. And so they did it, they were filming it backstage, they, they, you know, they, they pre-taped it, and McMahon does it, and he turns around, he does the whole thing, and turns the chair to reveal the NWO on the back, and it's done, it's like, okay, how was that? And McMahon turns around, looks, he goes, it's backwards, God damn it! <laughs> it didn't account for it being a mirror image, and so it says, own. <laughs> <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> Guys, awesome. next week I've, I've I've made a decision. Okay. Uh, uh, we're gonna watch ECW Big Apple Blizzard Blast. All right. Happened uh, February third, nineteen ninety six. I figured we went through and did the first three, the first pay per view of ninety six of each major federation. This actually does go back chronologically because it's technically before the WCW pay per view. Okay. But it'll be the second one. Again, it's the Big Apple Blizzard Blast. I checked and made sure that it was available on the Peacock. Because I don't want to research anybody this week. Because I don't. I, I want to have it like on the tip of my brain when it's time. And I think that I, I, I just want to watch this episode. I want to watch some ECW. Talk, talk with you boys about the pay-per-view. That's next week. Okay. Cool. I'm here for it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll Follow see. us on all the social medias. We're on the TikTok, the Instagram. The Facebook, the Twitter. Well, we're not on the Twitter, but you can follow live from Studio C on Twitter, as well as Mike Fantastic. I don't know. Mikey, do you have a Twitter? I don't do anything with it. Mikey, don't twit. I don't really twit. I don't, I don't tweet. I, don't, I, don't, I just yeah, post comatose stuff the, there. The, I'm just saying, follow Twitter. us so you know what we're doing. Okay, fair enough. Because we're doing a bunch of cool shit. Yeah. Um, Sam, are you going to play video games this weekend? Yeah. Uh, Sunday, we will be continuing uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I am going to put up a poll though, for what I'm going to play next, because I got, I got an idea or two. I do want to get back into playing a horror game or something. So I got, uh, a, a choice from column A and a choice from column B. So they're, they're definitely, bo they're both horror titles, but they're definitely, uh, different eras and also different mediums. So it should be fun. We'll see how that works out. Also go check out the Nebraska pro wrestling hall of fame. They're on Facebook and Twitter. Um, it's an important organization to follow since we're from Nebraska and love pro wrestling. Facts. Um, there's some new, new music coming. Sam and I both have singles that are going to be unleashed onto the earth here very soon. Uh, so watch out for watch out for comatose music. Watch out for a Mike Fantastic single or rarity. Mikey, you got anything else going on this week you want to talk about? Well I, I wanted to mention uh, with the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, they uh, the video vault has been opened, so you can see old uh, OWA matches every Friday. Mm -hmm. You can you can check those out, so you can kind of see the uh, the history of independent wrestling in Nebraska, which is kind of cool. Somebody should let Eric Dreher know. Well, yeah. and, 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 okay, uh, Sam, you should call him. <laughs> Yeah, obviously he's not going to call you. You obviously, should call him. Obviously. <laughs> and be be forewarned, anyone watching these tapes, these are these are handheld cams, and they are from the era of 1999 to 2000. These these are not high quality studio type recorded no. matches. So 
just for, be forewarned, they are entertaining. They are neat. It is definitely a great staple of Omaha professional wrestling history, and I do highly suggest that people check it out because they are some cool stuff. So other than that, uh, tonight I will be attending the the theatrical premiere of After School Lunch Special Part 2 Sloppy Seconds. Dope. That movie. Mike yeah, is so in that, that, movie. that yeah. Mike and Mikey are a part of that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're both, both in, in that it. movie. Yeah. yeah. And my my music is actually featured in it. And the, the Mikey's special track. effects work yep. is, yes. is, is in it. Um and it is sold out. It is sold out. You cannot get tickets for it. Yeah, sold out theater. Uh, so you're gonna fucking miss out. It's a raunchy, gory, fun time. And a, a uh, tribute to the trauma universe. A tribute to titties. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uncle with Lloyd my, with it, my special effects makeup on them. Let Uncle me tell Lloyd you, is we, in that we, movie. we got Lloyd titties. Is in the movie. Yeah. We got titties. We got vomit. We got blood. We got illegal activities. It is. It's a fantastic film. It is a fantastic fun a film. Got me screaming. Got my parents in it. That's a that's another inside joke. <laughs> Mikey, Mercy, my my parents. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got, boys. Anything else you wanna you wanna throw in before we sign out? Before we take it home for the one, two, three. No, that's all I got. Well, I I just want to thank you guys. This was a fun episode. This was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Thank you for well, thank you for coming through in the clutch. We will be rescheduling a interview with Donnie Dodge, the co-director of the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, co-director uh, and founder, and founder. Yes, let he me is the founder. Continue. Yes, founder. Absolutely. Um, that that will be coming soon. Uh, again, next week we're going to be watching and r- discussing the ECW pay-per-view from February of 1996, the Big Apple Blizzard Bash. A lot of bees. Again, we're the Russian Leg Sweep. We love you. Thanks for checking us out. Bye. Bye. See ya.